All right, Veritas, welcome to another equipping podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a really important issue, perhaps the, the main calling of our life uh, on Mission for Jesus about making disciples. And when it comes to disciple makers, I'm here with two guys. When I think of disciple makers, these two are two of them. <laughs> there are two of them. You set us not up the re- best ones, yes. but the two that were most available. <laughs> uh, we're your two elders in our church, Michael Rhodes and Garrett Hufford, and we're going to talk about discipleship. Um, it's a topic near, near, near and dear to us, um, and it should be to you as well. But let's, it can be a junk drawer term that we can throw around. Uh, loosely and assuming everybody knows what it means because, it, I mean, that's the call. Go make disciples. What does that mean? What is a disciple? I think as we talked through, even with our staff one day, we, we, we tried to define it as um, growing in your knowledge, your love, and obedience to Jesus. And it's a constant growing thing. Discipleship doesn't just end at some point in your life, but it's, it's a constant growing thing. So that's where I'll go. Yeah, I think, too, like when we look at the disciples, like in in the Gospels, I mean, you're looking at these are people who were followers, who were learners, right? Who People who were, who were like with Jesus and like a desire to be like him and to like, like I, I think of Paul saying like less of me and more of you, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And there's that sense of as I follow Jesus, um, my hope is that I'm, and by the power of the Spirit, like, I am becoming more like Jesus. Yeah. Is there a difference between a disciple and a Christian? Like, I mean, how does it get, get used textually in, in the scriptures? And then maybe how does it get used practically in culture? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, there shouldn't be a difference. <laughs> there's no, yeah, there's no. So nowhere in the Bible is the word discipleship used. Right. Um, it was make disciples. Um, you know, or disciple was used. And it was used kind of in two days. Like one could be preach the gospel and make converts, like kind of Paul and Acts. But then the Great Commission was like this whole process from baptism um, to teaching people to obey all that Jesus taught. So, I mean, there's mm-hmm. like a, a lifelong process of that. But um, they were just, you know, you were disciples of Jesus. And then what is in Acts 11, when the disciples were in Antioch, it's the first time they get called Christians. So that kind of stuck as a label, but there's no such thing as a Christian who's not a disciple right. in, in Scripture. Now, how did those words get used today? Do you think people try to make a distinction? Like, is a disciple a second-stage Christian? Well, that's or? what it feels like people have said, like, oh, you're, you're almost like super Christian if you're a disciple. And it's like, no, you're, that's what a, a Christian is a disciple. Like, is a disciple a disciple is a Christian? Like, so, I mean, I, I guess in the early church idea you could be you could be a disciple and not not be a christian in the sense of like you you're a learner of somebody else um that's just a general term like a learner but we're talking about disciples of christ here mm-hmm. yeah I, I think of like uh in jesus's way like a, a rabbi and then like people sitting at the feet right like jesus was a traveling rabbi Right. And like people sitting at the feet of Jesus and saying, like, what do you have to say and what implications does that have for my life? And I think that's kind of what transitions us into discipleship. So like what is what is discipleship? Mm. Right. And I I just like I always continue to go back to like 
the book of Titus, and it just has so much to say about like what what is a disciple and what does discipleship look like within the church body. So, right. how would you define discipleship? Well, I think um, Titus two does a, a lot of it for me, right? I think it's. Teach. I mean, you're gonna use the Bible, I guess. I mean, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> It's like, teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine, teach the older men uh, to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, um, uh, like encourage the young men to be self-controlled, teach these people for the grace of God has appeared and it teaches us to say no to ungodliness. I think it's like pointing people to Jesus for the sake of following Jesus in obedience mm-hmm. um, and learning more about his character and letting that be the fuel for our obedience. So when you think of discipleship, there's a big scope of sure. all that goes on. I, I want to make a difference, like discipleship and personal disciple making, like in the command, mm-hmm. go make disciples. Like you go make disciples. You go make disciples. And then discipleship. So mm-hmm. when you think of discipleship, I tend to think of like everything that goes into conforming me to the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. My Bible reading, listening to preachers, being in community, all these things kind of contribute to my spiritual development. Like it's its the discipling of an individual, the, right. the spiritual growth of a person. But mm-hmm. then you get to this like call on the Christian's life to you make a disciple. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, how does personal, what do we mean by like personal disciple making? What should that look like, or what's the difference? I think there's great intentionality as an individual in what you're trying to do. You're not just, hey, I'm just listening to another sermon and learning on my own, but I'm intentionally now trying to take what I've learned and invest in someone else's life. I think of Second Timothy 2.2, like in what you've heard in the, in the presence of many what you've heard in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So it's the Paul talking, teaching his young disciple, Timothy to entrust to faithful men who will also be able to teach others. So you got like four generations of discipleship there. And so people intentionally pouring their life, their life of following Christ into someone else to help them follow Christ. And I think you can't, you can't do that call without proclamation of the gospel, mm-hmm. right? So like if, if, if I'm like, well, I'm, I'm gonna be a disciple maker, but there's no proclamation of the gospel or a call to repentance and trust and believe in the hope that we have in Jesus, then like we've missed it mm-hmm. completely. And I think that can be like, I can do all the things, I can do the studies, I can do the like, I can sit one-on-one across from somebody and talk about talk about the Bible, but if there's no proclamation of the gospel in those things, then like I've, I've completely missed the point. Mm. Yeah. So when it's this call to personally make disciples, um, making a distinction between mm-hmm. that and just the discipleship, that, yeah. like everything we do as a church is about the spiritual development right. of our people uh, for the glory of God. And then there's this call to individuals like, we want you to be a disciple maker. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes Christians can look at that and be like, I'm growing as a Christian. I would call myself a disciple. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I could disciple somebody else. Right. Where do you think that comes from? Why do you think people feel that way? And are they missing the call throughout Scripture? Like, this is the call to the believer. Is every believer called to be a disciple maker? Let's yeah. start there. Yes. Yeah. Okay, defend that. <laughs> well, I, you yeah. get to the 
Matthew 28, and Jesus is leaving. It's his final words to his disciples. I want you to go and make (laughs) disciples. So it's a, like, final words are really important. Like, you want to pay attention. And this is the final thing that Jesus is going to say to the guys who have left everything for the last three years to go do. So now, like, go and make disciples. And so um, just in a, I mean, that's probably not a, a super like intense defense of it, but like these are Jesus' final words to us to go do this thing. Yeah. I think sometimes Christians miss that the call applies to them because maybe they overcomplicate what, what it means. Because yeah. when I think of yeah. like, okay, every believer is called to be a disciple maker, but in Titus they're saying, well, older women teach the younger women. Like it's in relationships that you have with people every day or even as parents in Ephesians, like fathers, train up your children, like in the gospel, like that's discipleship, parenting is discipleship. So yes, every believer is called to be a disciple maker, but maybe those look differently in different contexts or different relationships. Yeah, it feels like people are extremely intimidated by the idea of making disciples, similarly maybe to sharing the gospel. But like, oh my goodness, I don't know how to do this, because maybe they saw it done one specific way mm. at one point, and we're saying, hey, there's a more general way. Like, you don't have to be super... You want to be intentional, but you may not have to be super specific, just like somebody else did it, because God's wired you in a unique way to be able to make disciples. Now, you need the Word of God. You need the gospel, like Garrett said. You need the Spirit of God, but it's not like you have to have all these extra things to, like, I've got to be super prepared to be this disciple maker. Just, like, follow Jesus and tell people what you're learning, like, in a general sense. Yeah, well, and I think that there is a sense of, too, like, the Bible has all that we need for life and godliness. And so I think there is a sense, too, of I think people kind of can get themselves into this view of discipleship where it's like I'm sitting across from one person. With for, coffee. Coffee, With, with coffee involved, yes. and, or ribs. I mean, That's my preferred <laughs> method, but it gets shunned. <laughs> it gets shunned. Where's your coffee? This isn't discipleship. <laughs> but like that, it has to be across, and you got like all your commentaries laid out, and we're like we're like digging into the Greek here, and like and then it, that's something that like I can't like as the other person. I'm like, oh, this is what discipleship looks mm-hmm. like. Like I I can't do that for somebody else. When it's like, no, no, no. Like we're gonna read God's word. We're going to say, what does God say about who we're supposed to be? Who does God say about who he is? And what are the what are areas where I need to confess and repent? And what are areas I need to give thanksgiving to God for? And what are the implications for my life in that? So you make a good distinction. Um, you've said earlier, like, it has to involve gospel proclamation. It, it has to involve God's word. Like, we come to God's word. That's part of discipleship. Um, but in your critique right there, point out, um, to all seven of our listeners, uh, what <laughs> if is, we're lucky? If we're lucky <laughs> what is the difference between a Bible study and disi- personal disciple making? Uh, I think it goes past that day, right? Like a personal discipleship is like is life on life, right? It's I'm I'm involved in your life. We're taking God's word and saying, hey. How does that apply to how I treat my wife? Or how does that apply to how I treat my husband? So the, the actual application and accountability of living out what yeah. we learn. So it's not just, let's study what Paul said here. Right. It's, it's the, okay, the so what 
I'm going to ask you how that's going. I'm going to help you apply yeah. the teachings of Jesus. And the and just the like, how does the gospel apply to those things, right? And how how is the gospel the fuel for those things? It's like, oh, I can forgive my husband or my wife because like Christ has forgiven me, and I saw that when I was sitting across the table from Jeff, right? Or like, I prefer to do those things, and this is my own preference, but like in like groups of two or three. Because there's like there's more accountability to that, um, and I think being able to see other people and their walk with the Lord as they continue as they like seek obedience and uh, and I think it's just a it I think it's a helpful helpful thing in that and great to see I lost my train of thought so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how does a typical but, church goer view? the call to be a personal disciple maker. You, you mentioned people are intimidated by it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe people don't even feel like the call applies to them. Um, if, we, if you asked your average Veritas attender, you say, hey, who's discipled you? Do you think they would have an answer to that question? I think they would have a, they would be hard pressed, the average one, because they think hard pressed to find the answer to that because they think it has to look a certain way. Well, I didn't have somebody that took me to a coffee shop every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. to teach me in the Bible, you know, verse by verse. But, but I would love for people to be able to go, well, who was the person that like counseled you in your marriage? Who was the person that did premarital counseling for you? Who's the person who walked alongside you when you were making really dumb decisions in college? Who's the person who is helping you parent in a godly way? Like those people are helping disciple you, but we've narrowed what discipleship looks like so much um, that I think I think people are like, no, I don't know that I've ever been discipled. Do you think it's happening more than people realize? They just don't know how to define it. Yes, but then I think it's happening more. I think we could define it and. Um, we could we can be more intentional about it, and that's what we're trying to do sure. as a church to help people realize, like, oh, I can do this yeah. because it's it's amazed me and and Erica, my wife, like how often we we look to somebody like older in our church, and they're like, I, I don't know how to do that. And we're like, well, when's the last time you like just invited somebody out to lunch and just mm-hmm. talked about, asked them questions about their lives, and then you got to talk about Jesus because that's pretty easy for you. And so we've been amazed at how many people have been like, I don't know how to do it. I I do think that there has to there does need to be a a desire though in a, like a discipleship relationship to like submit to that older person mm-hmm. though and I think that's where maybe the rub ends up being for a lot of people um, is that like oh like I'm I'm cool with like uh, sitting across the table from somebody and reading the Bible but like if they see something in my life that like and or I see something in my life and that person kind of like calls me to it am I willing to submit to God's word and am I willing to submit to somebody older than me saying hey like you really you really need to pursue this in in godliness um yeah. I'm I think a that's super hard loving and caring guy but I don't want to just uh, that was sarcastic <laughs> Um, I appreciate you that you didn't laugh at that. <laughs> yeah, Jake is a super... But I, there's a certain point, like, I don't want to just get together with you every morning for you to talk about your problems if you're unwilling to apply God's Word to it. Like, it's not a, a vent session. It's like, we have to go to God's Word and, and apply it to do that. And you've talked about, Jake, in, like, four T's of discipleship, 
Uh, one of those being tension. You've got to create tension in a relationship uh, where it's not always going to just feel good, but and it's not just a harsh tension, but creating something that goes, oh, this is a this is where like the gospel interacts with my life in a way that makes me feel maybe a little uncomfortable at times. And I've always appreciated when you've talked about that. Just like you can't just you can't just say the comfortable thing and do the comfortable thing all yeah. the time. Yeah, I didn't really get my brain around personal discipleship until those, that was kind of defined for me. So uh, Tim Mon was our executive pastor, uh, and when I was in Arizona, and invested in me weekly, monthly sitting down. But kind of mm-hmm. the four T's would be time, touch, truth, and tension. And it helps you measure discipleship. Like it takes time. It can't just happen uh, overnight. Like you need to be invested for a period of, t- period of time to see change in people's life. It takes touch. Like okay, maybe you've been together or known each other in this relationship for a year, but you've only got together three times. And like you need more touch points than that. And it has to be around the truth. Like you could say, well, we've met every week for a year, but we've never opened our Bible. Okay, you're gonna have some problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you do open your Bible, the tension creates like, all right, I'm going to hold you accountable. Are you going to do this? Are you going to apply this? Or the scripture says this and your life doesn't line up. So I'm going to challenge you and create tension. And that's how we grow. That framework helped me think like, oh, I know how to um, approach personal disciple making. So that's one lens. Before we move on, you made you made a comment that raised a question in my mind. Do you think... When you said young people need to kind of welcome the counsel in their life, do you think it's important to define the relationship in the sense where maybe a lot of informal discipleship is happening? Does it come a point of like a young, say, would you disciple me? Or an older person saying like, hey, I need to speak into your life. Let's get together more frequently. Yeah, and I think the... I think that goes along with what Michael said about some some of like an older generate and I don't even mean older as an age but like further along in their walk with Jesus older um and like that even to challenge them that like if someone asks you and like they see things in your life that they want to like hey I want to follow Jesus like you're following Jesus and that might be for a time right but even to challenge them to say you may not maybe you need to ask then like someone else like man, this person asked me to disciple them. Like, how, how do I do that? Mm. Like, take that, take that opportunity that God's given you to, to like, actually walk through some, yeah. that with them. And I think, too, it's helpful. Like, um, I think there's, for, like, our connection group leaders, of like, man, how do I, how do I like, decide where to, like, spend my time, right? Because there's, like, we have a finite amount of time that we can, like, devote to these things. Um, and I think a lot of it, like, comes down to, like, are they are they available? <laughs> are they willing and eager? Um, and are they actually, like, uh, are they actually willing to be accountable in the relationship? Um, and I think those kind of help, help kind of sift through a lot of those things. Like, for even for our guys, I'm like, I can meet Thursday at 6.15 a.m. Mm-hmm. Like, like, come to Hy-Vee and Marion and, like, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. That's How the time I got Hy-Vee to you. and Marion's going to be loaded <laughs> the next few weeks. <laughs> yeah, watch out. Just Garrett sitting there, on a Thursday. Anybody that will <laughs> sit in his booth will just get truth bombs. Right. <laughs> truth bombs. Because sometimes people will come up and be like, hey, will you disciple me? And right away, it's like, 
we need to define that. Yeah. What do you mean by that? What are you yeah, wanting you help? Want? Because and they, that, yeah, they yeah. have something in mind. Um, like, okay, so what is it that you're looking for? Uh, sometimes I'll say, okay, here's a book, read this, and then let's get together and talk about it. It's kind of a test of, are you hungry? Because yeah. oftentimes, like, I never heard back from you. Yep. You wanted to get together and talk, but I don't know if you were hungry to dive into truth and do, you know, roll your sleeves up and get into that. Mm -hmm. um, but if you read the book, all right, let's get together and talk about it. Let's kind of test the waters of um, do you have a, a hunger to grow? Yep. And that um, could be a way to test. For sure. I think one thing that I was just thinking about as we've been talking is, uh, like, we ha have to have a sense of humility in when we come into a discipleship relationship, because I think the the pit that we can fall into um, is like, oh, I'm the discipler, you're the disciplee, <laughs> right? And I am teaching you, and I think that's a that's can end up being somewhat. It, we can really grow, like pride can really fester in that of like, no, like when I when I'm sitting across from somebody, I'm going through God's word too, with you. And we're walking through this together, and God's working on my heart just as much. And I, I love, like, in, we were talking about Titus and Titus 3. It's like, at one time, you too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of anything that we did, right? And, like, having a sense of, like, all right, this is what God's Christ has done for me. Um, I'm walking into this relationship with a sense of humility, knowing that, like, the only reason I'm able to sit across from you and even talk about God's word and see change in our lives together is because of it's God's grace. Yeah, and it's that, God's grace. And that humility leads to, like, you as a disciple maker confessing your sin to, like, even your disciple, mm -hmm. which is a which is a great thing for a younger believer to learn, like, oh, I thought this person had it all together. And we quickly say, like, no, we don't have it together. That's why we need Jesus. And that's a huge learning point. Like, mm -hmm. that's a great thing because I think that goes into the intimidation factor for a lot of people in the sense of, oh, I can't do this. I've got to have my life all together in order to be able to disciple somebody. And we're going, no, you don't. You just need to need Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you need to be able to uh, quickly confess even to a younger person, a younger disciple, that when you didn't do the right godly thing, you acted in your flesh and you sin, you, you say that and you confess it to them because they need to see an older, more mature person repenting of their sin. Which is leading. It's modeling. Absolutely. Yeah. So let me push back a little bit to try to live in that tension because totally agree. When you come, the scriptures are our teacher. Like, that's where we're going, and we're both going to be refined mm -hmm. by the Scriptures, no matter how long you've been a follower of Jesus. It always has something to teach us and challenge us. And then you have Paul saying, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm -hmm. Like, there is a certain yeah. level of, hey, I'm trying to set a pace here. I'm, I want to model, you know, godliness in my life Yeah, to be able to... I mean, those are bold words, like, hey... Look at my marriage. It's a godly marriage. Look at my parenting. It's yeah. godly parenting. Look at my finances. This is godly finance, which mm -hmm. could open up another rabbit trail of just the need for discipleship on practical levels, like the number of young Christians that maybe didn't grow up in a Christian home. And it's like those things were never talked about. That was never modeled. Mm -hmm. But um, to not intimidate somebody from discipleship, but also say, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm -hmm. Like, are you pace setting in those things yeah. maybe i just made it more intimidating no but i think in that like 
a lot of that comes from, like you talked about, like time and touch, right? A lot of that comes from that. Like one of the things that we talk about, like even just with my own kids in, in discipleship is like uh, quality time is a function of quantity time. So there's like, there's sometimes we want to just like force the vulnerability when we want to like force the like hard, the hard conversation or whatever. When it's like, hey, if, if I'm just living life with you, like that stuff's going to, it's going to, it's going to come up, right? Like those conversations are going to come up. Hey, like part of discipleship, like you want to talk about follow me in my marriage. I'm not going to just sit there and like talk at you about my marriage. And, but I want you to like come into my home, mm. like be a part of my life witness like, it yeah right like when we do like premarital counseling i'm like hey we want to we want to have dinner with you guys we want to like get together with you and like it's probably going to be longer than an hour because we're going to sit and we want you to see how we interact yeah. and come talk see and, like, how a godly husband apologizes because it happens it often. happens often <laughs> often often <laughs> model that way all right so how does somebody become a disciple maker what are some how, how does that happen what the change in your mind of like i'm a christian I love coming to church. I love reading my Bible. I love worshiping to start to see, like, I have to have, great, as you pointed out, Michael, greater intentionality. Mm-hmm. How, how does that happen? To me, it always starts with prayer. God, I, I desire to do what you've mm-hmm. called me to do. And even humbly saying, like, God, I don't know how to do this well, but would you put somebody in my life that I can help, help them grow in their knowledge and love and obedience to you? And like God gives us the desires of our heart, and when the desires of our heart line up with His will, He's going to give those. So, start praying for somebody that you can walk alongside, and that can be a super formal thing. That can be a little more informal, but like uh, start with prayer, and then start looking. Start looking around. I think you can easily start within your connection group at our church to go, "Who's somebody that hasn't been following Jesus as long as me that I can start praying about?" How can I help them mm-hmm. do this? I think you bring up a good point. I think community is a huge piece of that, right? Because if I live on an island and I'm just like, who can I disciple? And I like I'm my success rate on my ability to find anyone that I would be able to do that with, or or find anybody who would deci- on the flip side find anyone who would disciple me. Like if I'm not in community, if I'm not engaged in the body of Christ, um, then it's going to be really difficult for me to to take those practical steps. Yeah, I've heard I've heard people talk about uh, a small group or for us a connection group is kind of the fishing pond of dis- the places that you find your uh, people that you're going to disciple. Like just look in close proximity, in close relationship to you and just just talk to God and say this is my desire, would you give me would you grant that desire to me? Yeah. So even when you think of ministering out of the overflow, if you find yourself in a situation where it's like, I got to meet with somebody. I don't know what to tell them. I don't know what to teach them. You might say like, well, what has God been teaching me? Mm-hmm. And if I'm really in tune with what God has been teaching me, mm-hmm. I got something to talk about with somebody. And that's mm-hmm. kind of passing on, like continuing to feed on God's word yourself so that when you meet with somebody, it's like, here's what I read. Here's what God's teaching me. Here's what I've been convicted on um, to be people who really minister out of the overflow. I would say on the flip side, if you're somebody and you're wanting to be discipled in that more formal setting, like intentionally just pray about who you could ask, who do you look up to as a, as a believer, and then 
you could lay out some expectations yourself. Hey, I would like to, can we get together? You don't have to prepare anything. Can you just like, can I just ask you questions? But don't come in as like a, a younger disciple saying like, all right, I'm just going to sit there and wait for you to tell me everything. Disciple me. Yeah, like <laughs> you, you, you go, you, you have questions prepared. And those questions may be as simple as, hey, I'm really struggling with anxiety in XYZ or... I've had a hard time like discerning God's will in this area of my life. Can you help me? How have you done that in the past? So from a, from the flip side of the person being disciple, like come ready and loaded with questions, and you don't have to have a billion questions because you may ask one great question and that leads to wonderful conversation. Yeah. And for the on the in on the other side of that conversation, I think it's okay to be like, look, I need to go to God's word. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. I need to go and I need. Like, man, I, I really want to help you address some of those things. I, I need to study. I need to grow in my knowledge. I need to grow in my understanding. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, let's come, let's come back, and man, I'm, I would love to talk about this again. Yeah, because a poor disciple maker would go, well, this is how I feel about the situation. Right. You know, this is just, this is, this is my thoughts on it. We don't want your thoughts. We want Jesus' thoughts on this. Yeah. We want the mm-hmm. Lord's thoughts on it. For yeah. sure. So a couple years ago as an elder team, we said, we got to get better at, making disciples mm-hmm. um felt like we did sundays well you can kind of draw a crowd but that's not our calling our calling is to make disciples so what are we doing as a church um, to help us have more personal disciple makers yeah so we have put together what we call a um we have discipleship groups uh they've gone through a variety of different names growth groups d groups um but we have a starter kit that helps you uh, intentionally read the Bible with other people. So the starter kit is literally five weeks where you grab three to four people, preferably in your connection group, men or women. So this would be a gender specific thing. So you can really dig deeper into people's lives. And what we want to do in that is say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to practice reading the Bible together, journaling the Bible together. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about memorizing scripture and hiding it in our heart and we're going to be missional in that. So this group is not a group that's going to meet forever. It's probably going to meet for I don't know, 9, 12, 18 months, something like that, until the people in that group are ready to go do that with somebody else. And then they invite somebody else in their group. Or it doesn't have to be from the group. Preferably, it would be wonderful if it was. Um, but trying to just help people read their Bibles together with intentionality. But there's one person there that's facilitating the discussion and talk because they've been walking with Jesus uh, maybe a little longer, it's easier to do that now. So that's one way that we're trying to do that as a church. Yeah. I think an, another way too is, is like we, we do our, in, with our resource center, I think being able to try to put good resources in the hands of our, of our people, um, theology within community leads to doxology, right? So um, meaning like, uh, our, my understanding of who God is and his greatness um, leads to like living that out um, as like the fuel of like what actually helps me in my obedience and my desire to follow Jesus and actually do what he has asked me to do. So I think our resource center, um, I, I think of like, I think of steps when I think of that too, um, uh, which is an incredible, like how do we deal with sin uh, in our life, and how do we like uh, identify idols in our life, and and like lay those at Jesus's feet, um, 
And then in that, like, uh, like once you get to the end, becoming a mentor uh, potentially, and then being able to walk through that with with somebody else, I yeah. think is just a great model. Uh, yeah, for step that. for those that don't know, listen. Steps is a class that we offer um, that can be communicated like it's a type of addiction recovery thing, but it's something everybody should go through. Um, just kind of baseline discipleship stuff. Yeah. Um, we want to put you in relationships. Get in a connection group. Personal disciple making happens in relationships, mm -hmm. providing opportunities, resource center. Grab a book and say, let's read this book together. Mm -hmm. um, take initiative in, in when those relationships are formed to say, let's get together and talk. Um, let's go through a book of the Bible together. Michael's reference to um, our D groups, our Bible reading plan, getting together with other people with some guidance to go through a Bible reading plan together is huge. Mm -hmm. um, I know each of us have been doing that um, and just have some really sweet times with for guys in our connection group uh, to get together and say, like, it's, it's not complicated. What would you read this week? What would you learn this week? How can we pray for each other? And then over time, um, you, you begin to see God's word transform. Sure. And I would say, going back to the four T's, the, the time thing, it's not just that, and Garrett, you kind of mentioned this too, it's not just the weekly, okay, we're going to meet for an hour a week, but we're going to, like, we're going to talk about what we read in God's Word, or we're going to read through this book together. But my hope is that I invite my guys over to my house at some point. I invite them into my life. I begin to invest my life into theirs. So if, if I have guys that are have kids playing soccer, like I hope that I can show up to one of the kids' soccer game at some point and just sit beside them and then just talk about life while we're sitting there, not just in the super formal setting. Mm -hmm. But you're, you're reading the Bible together, you're in God's Word together, but you're also investing in their lives, inviting them into your life so they could see like the marriage counseling like you were talking about, Garrett. It's not just a program. I know for it, sometimes pers people's personalities come in out in this and some people love like let's get coffee let's sit across the table let's talk i know for marcy she's like let's go on a walk i'm painting come over and help paint mm -hmm. and it kind of happens in life but it, to your point like be intentional mm -hmm. um we we would love um for our people just to have a great intentionality of investing in other people's spiritual development well, and I think, too, when we think of multiplication, I think sometimes we can try to spread ourselves way too thin, or we think, like, man, I need to be discipling all these people. And it's like, man, like... Jesus you, took 12. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And that was Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so There was an extra focus on three. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think there's a sense of, like, hey, have I, have, I got two, have I got two people, one person that I'm investing in? And then, like, man, maybe they are going to be investing. I, I love that, like... Um, the story of Andrew, like Peter's brother, Andrew, like he, like Andrew brings Peter to Jesus, right? And there's a sense of like, we don't hear a ton about Andrew outside of, outside of that, but Andrew brought Peter to Jesus and like, look what God did with like through Peter in the church. And there, there's a sense of like, man, like, like you might not see the purpose of the discipleship relationship that you're in, but God is working all those things out for his glory and the good of those people, you know? So I'm like, it just like identify one person. Oh. Don't feel like I need to disciple everyone. But isn't that the beauty of the church? Like, yeah. you don't have to disciple everyone. Disciple one or two people this year. And guess what? A thousand other people are doing the same. And that's a movement of work and a part of the body. So yeah. church, uh, our, our passion, uh, when we say in our mission statement to raise up mature disciples, um, that comes down to our people 
uh, being personal disciple makers. So we want to equip you in that. We want to spur you on towards that. And uh, we want to be a church where people can point to other people in the room and say, that person shaped me, that person poured into me, that person helped me understand and apply God's word more. And if we can do that, then uh, we're going we're gonna to love this church and, and other people will as well.